0: Um, but let's start with Roald and Beatrix.
1: Yeah, this is a a lovely treasure of a a show tucked away on neon, and it's inspired by the true event of a young Roald Dahl meeting Beatrix Potter when he was a child. It's set in Christmas in 1922, and Roald Dahl is six years old, and he's dealing with the death of his father and his sister, and he decides to run away from home and go and meet his idol, Beatrix Potter, at her house in the Lake District. Uh, Now, Beatrix Potter is played by Dawn French, and uh, she's quite elderly by this point. Her eyesight is failing. She was quite famously grumpy, she didn't really like children even though she wrote children's stories, and she's under pressure from her publisher to finish her latest book. So she's quite the Christmas Grinch when we when we see her, and then this young boy turns up in her garden quite randomly. And the show is sort of suggesting that meeting Beatrix Potter had such a profound effect on Roald Dahl that uh, this adventure was the catalyst for him to become a writer. And I watched this with my two daughters, and, and they've read a lot of Roald Dahl books, and and they picked up on all these little Easter eggs that are sort of scattered mm-hmm. through the show. You know, the man who helps him at the train station it becomes the inspiration for the BFG, that, that kind of thing. Uh, and for Beatrix for Potter, meeting this young boy helps her overcome her own writing problems. So it's a really heartfelt, lovely little drama. It's only a couple of hours long. Uh, it's a bit sad. It's a bit uplifting. It's it's quite nostalgic. Uh, screened in the UK at Christmas time. So it's got that Christmas feel-good, gentle yeah. vibe to it. Just a really lovely family watch very sweet
0: drama that sounds great didn't rold Roll yeah. wasn't like he was mean to his own kids right i don't think he was a big fan of children either i mean i love yeah, his books I, I... but yeah
1: yeah, and I think how we look back at maybe some of the things he's written now, uh, we see them with, with different eyes. Yeah, yeah, but this is quite a quite a heartfelt thing, and, and apparently that they did actually meet, and sh- he found her in the garden, and she said, "What are you doing here?" And he said, "I'm here to see Betrix Potter," and she said, well, "You've seen her now, buzz off." You know that was yeah. that was it. But they stretched that out a bit more in the show, so yeah. it's lovely.
0: Um, I'm excited to see the new Australian satire on Netflix. Tell us about Utopia.
1: Yeah, this is a very quiet Australian comedy. Uh, it was made a few years ago. It started in 2014, I think, but all four seasons have just landed on Netflix. And if you have ever worked in with your bureaucracy or in big organizations with a lot of red tape or in a company that just loves having meetings, this comedy will speak to you. It's a fly on the wall satire set in an Australian government department called Nation Building Authority. Now that name kind of sets the tone for the yeah. show. It's a, a department in charge of overseeing big infrastructure projects, but the staff just keep getting distracted by all the small stuff that crops up along the way, all the the health and safety bureaucracy and the IT upgrades and the focus groups and the office politics. Um, It's all about the The idiocy of all the little things in an office that that stop their big development dreams from happening. And it's done in a very dry, very underplayed Australian way. It's created by Rob Sitch. Uh, He stars in this as well. And he made another brilliant Australia comedy years ago called Frontline, which has also just come to Netflix. Uh, And it reminded me a lot of a show called The Games, which came out 20 years ago. I don't know if anyone remembers this for me. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. John Clark comedy, so good, and I still think about it. And I, I kind of expected John <laughs> Clark to to pop up in this and just, you know, raise an eyebrow or drop a really wry one-liner. It's that kind of comedy vibe. Um the first episode is a bit slow. Give it a couple of episodes to warm up, and then it grows into this very witty, very real kind of comedy that I think will resonate with a lot of people.
0: Australian comedy when done well is like among the very best in the world, I think.
1: So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I just love
0: it. Oh, I can't wait for that. That's you ut- it's out on netflix and uh on three this weekend the masked singer nz
1: Yeah, I I mean, I've talked about some strange and unusual reality shows, but I think we might have found the most bonkers one of them all. This is the Masked Singer NZ, and some people might have seen the American version uh, when it screened here last year, but it's based on a Korean show, uh, and that show was picked up in 33 countries around the world. So there is a Masked Singer show everywhere from Australia to the Ukraine. It's sort of become a global phenomenon, Um, and now it's here, yay. Um, This is a, a singing competition with celebrities, who are disguised by a costume. And the costumes are quite extraordinary. In the New Zealand series, we've got a Pavlova costume. Oh we've got God. a Tui yeah. and a, <laughs> a Tuatara. Um, there's a panel of four judges who are given clues and they have to try and guess the identity. And nobody knows who the singers are until they are eliminated and they take their masks off. Uh, it's re- as ridiculous as it sounds, and I think that's why people love it. What I love about the American version is that, that when the judges try and guess the singer, they guess names like Adele or yeah. Beyonce or, or Katy Perry. It's never going to be Adele or (laughs) Beyonce Um, This is a a, a different level of celebrity It's very light, very silly I can't wait Um, You almost have to see it to believe it So it kicks off tomorrow night on 3